0: it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Maine or online at ElCajonFord.com whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford we have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening so sit back relax and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio, it's all right here, right now on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the united states now here's your host hop along john cassidy
1: and thank you mark carson good evening southern california and welcome to rod and reel radio i am your host hop along john cassidy and we want to thank you for listening to the show tonight we got a great show lined up for you tonight look wendy toshahara my co-host she's coming in from bass pro shop She was there for the weekend for a Father's Day report uh, event, so she's going to be in with us later on. Stan Vandenberg right now is off. We expect to hear from him later on, but it's still not going to keep us from having a great show. Scheduled tonight, we have the winner of the Spro Tournament at Lake Havasu with us. He's going to be on first thing. We're going to find out why that tournament was so special and what it took to win the event. Then coming on at 6 o'clock, we got Robert Schneider from Phoenix Bates, and he's going to tell us all about his lures. He just came back on a fishing trip down to Ensenada with a lawman, Bill Hockstead. We're going to learn a little bit about calico bass fishing and how to do that. And then coming up at 6.40 is the new owner-operator of Relentless Sports Fishing. We're going to be speaking with Captain Mickey Franchak, and he's going to be with us. Tell us a little bit about his operation and what it feels like to be taking over the Relentless. So uh, we appreciate your listening. We're gonna get we're gonna get right to our first guest right now. So let's introduce to you the winner of the Spro fishing tournament at Lake Havasu, Paul Tassie. Paul is calling us from Lake Havasu City. Paul, how you doing tonight, sir?
2: I'm doing fantastic. What a great event we had yesterday. I'm glad to be part of your show. Appreciate it.
1: Well, no. Thank you very much uh, for being with us. And uh, you know, this is known. This was the third annual Spro Frog Open Tournament, and it's really kind of a special uh, event. The first year, it, it uh, brought in about 52 teams. Last year, it was about 72 or 73 teams. This year, it had over a hundred teams, but Paul, will you tell me what was special about this tournament as opposed to some of the other events that you fish?
2: Well, the cool thing about this is, I mean, it's a it's a $200 entry fee, so, so I mean, it's in the budget of, of pretty much any angler out there. The, the cool thing is you don't need a, a brand-new, fastest bass boat. You don't need all the high-dollar electronics. I mean, it's frog fishing at its best. It, it, it's, everybody's using scroll frogs. It levels the playing field. Um uh, real quick, the second-place guy that won it, Patrick, I can't remember his last name. I could look it up. But he uh, he fished by himself. He hadn't, he hadn't been here since the FLW tournament, and he didn't have any practice. He got in at 6 o'clock the night before, and he came in second. The third-place team was a team um, that had never fished a lake before, and he came in third place with almost 18 pounds. So that's what's cool about it. In my mind, you can fish with your wife, or your your kid. I fished with my my nine-year-old hunter on the first one in 2013 and we came in ninth place. So uh, at the end of the day, it's just a great event, uh, great sponsors, a lot of fun.
1: Well, you know, the thing uh, that was unique about the tournament is where in most tournaments we can use all different types of lures and crankbaits and baits and soft baits and everything else like that. This be a tournament being sponsored by Spro Corporation at a Kennesaw, Georgia. And emceed by Dean Rojas and uh, put on by Justin Lukaitis, the prerequisite is you could only use a Spro Frog, and it had to be a stock frog. It had to be almost completely the way it comes out of the box. Was that correct? Yeah, that's
2: correct. The only thing you're allowed to do on on the frogs is you can trim the legs to your liking, you can add a rattle, and you can widen the hooks if, if you choose to. I typically don't do that because... You know I'm throwing into some pretty thick stuff and, and I don't really want it hung up and, and so I just I, I put rattles in some of them I trim the legs a little bit and I call it good and I tie on 65 pound test Power Pro on a I rod Fred's Magic stick 754 and and just go fishing.
1: All right, well tell us if you will the selection of Spro frogs you decided to use and then how you rigged them with regards to rod reel.
2: Um, well, I, I, I have a bunch of different scroll frogs. They're great frogs. They hold up really really well. I probably okay. have frogs in my in my bag that have that have caught thirty or forty fish. The paint doesn't come off. Um, I'm using the biggest one is called a King Daddy. The the second one is a is a Bronze Eye I use. And then we used poppers yesterday, and I caught a nice smallmouth first thing in the morning, actually on a, on a popper frog. So um, I, I have lose reels, Power Pro line, and you know I rod magic stick, and a hold up, you know, to get those fish out of heavy cover where they typically live when you're fish frog fishing.
1: Well, you live, you live there at Lake Havasu. You probably frog fish a lot, not exclusively, like you do in this tournament. Do you find more and more now you're catching more smallmouth on a on a frog? Because that's something that maybe a few years ago was almost unheard of.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, and I don't catch a lot of smallmouth on them, but... Um, yeah, I, I caught probably 10 or 12 smallmouth on a frog just throwing it. It seems like smallmouth are moving up in some pretty pretty uh, largemouth, typical habitat. And Edwin Evers, during the bass elite here, caught a couple smallmouth flipping and one on a frog as well the, on, the, on the, the video. But um, I don't catch a lot. I, I think, you know, if you wanted to trim the leg down to almost nothing and use the popper frog, you could probably catch a lot more smallmouth if you uh, were targeting them. And we're just it's kind of a bycatch at, at at this point, for me, anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, Paul, I want to bring on now the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. I'll introduce you to her and then also our Lydia, listening audience. She is the sales manager for Iserline and a darn good fisherman in her own right, Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, are you there?
3: I am here. Hi, John, and I had a great time this weekend, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there.
1: Well, Wendy, I appreciate that. Thanks for calling in. I know you had a busy weekend being at the Bass Pro Shop. We are uh, speaking with uh, Paul uh, Tassie. He and his partner, uh, Ross Baker, won the uh, Spro Bass Tournament at uh, Lake Havasu. And, uh, boy, tell us, have you fished all of those tournaments, uh, Paul, or was this the first one of the three you fished?
2: No, yeah, I have. I started in 2013. I fished with my... My 9-year-old Hunter at the time, we came in ninth place. Last year, I fished with Ross, uh, and we came in 5th place. So we've been moving up about 4 places a year, so it's kind of natural that we just come in 1st this year, I guess. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
4: <laughs> well,
1: that's good. Uh, you know, seeing the growth of this tournament, I mean, it, is, you know, it isn't too often, unless it's like one of the big Pro-Am events like we used to run with uh, mm-hmm. uh, one bass and everything like that. You see over 100 boats on Lake Havasu, so it must have been a grand event.
2: Yeah, it really was. I mean, I mean, 102 boats, a team circuit here. You know, I mean, frog fishing only with that many boats, there's a lot of water that gets beat up multiple times, you know, and, and, but at the end of the day, everybody had a great time. Wayne was at one o'clock. We took off about five a.m. and, uh, you know, the the heat was somewhat of a factor. You got to drink lots of water. We jumped in the river for a little while, cool off, but, uh, you know, you get right back after. We we had four fish in the boat by 7 a.m., and then we had a pretty pretty quiet morning till about 10, and then we caught a few more key four-pounders that that brought the uh, championship home for us, I guess. Hey, you know, Paul, I've
3: got a question. Yeah, um, what color frogs were you using? Was there a particular frog uh, color or pattern that, that worked better than any of the others?
2: Yeah, I used the uh, – it's a bluegill color one. I, I use that one quite a bit, and then I use what's called the outback. I like that outback frog. I use the king daddy, a black king daddy, quite a bit. Um, it's a little bit heavier frog, and it'll allow you, if you throw it up on a th- thick mat that you suspect the bass might be laying under, uh, it makes a little more noise when it's coming across it, and I think the bass glue in on that, and typically it, it, they'll, they'll either blow up on it through the mat or right when it hits the edge, you'll kind of follow it. You know, and as soon as it hit the edge of the mat, they'll blow up on it. I mean, who, who hasn't uh, had a frog bite that just doesn't set them back, right? I mean, it's an explosive, violent bite. It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you It's
3: know, the most exciting fishing there is. <laughs>
2: it, it, re- it really is, yeah. It's a good time.
1: It's topwater fishing, but to go out and ask you to fish the entire day with a frog, that's kind of unusual because, as you mentioned Normally, uh, in the situation in the desert lakes like that, uh, you might get a good bite in the morning, and then after the sun gets a little higher on the horizon, it'll wane up a little bit. And it seemed like that happened to you, but you were able to catch uh, frogfish all day. Were, were you fishing in the main body of the lake, or did you go up and fish the river? No, you
2: know, we we wanted to maximize our our morning bite time because we knew that was going to be key, trying to get as many fish in the boat first thing in the morning as we could. So we were number 15 out out of 102 in the first flight. We started basically at the mouth of the river, and we worked our way up just so we could keep the frog in the water as long as uh, in the morning as we could. So we we caught four fish by 7 a.m., and we probably didn't get a bite till. Ten or ten thirty. After that, and then we caught a few more fish in the afternoon before weighing at one o'clock. But uh, no, you're right. It, it, there were probably some guys that ran way down south in the lake. Uh, There's some guys that went up in the river quite a ways. We we just really wanted to focus on on getting some bites early.
1: All right. And Paul, did you have a game plan? I mean, uh, were you thinking that you use the the quieter presentation earlier in the morning and then go to the larger uh, the louder poppers or were you guys just throwing uh, whatever it seemed to work, and then you just tried to stay with that?
2: Yeah, you know, we, we tried to stay with one guy throwing something different, as you typically would in any tournament, right, unless they're really just crushing one bait. Uh, so, you know, we, one was throwing a bigger frog, one was throwing a popper. We, we just kind of break it up So we found out what was working, and it was pretty sporadic. It uh, caught smallmouth on a popper that was totally unexpected. Ross was throwing... Uh, a frog up on the bank in the tules, and I decided there was a grass line out there, and I whipped the popper out there, and he ate it right away. And then Ross grabbed the popper, and he got blown up on, and I got blown up on again right after that. But we never got those two in the boat. So, um, you know, you just gotta—I mean, you gotta fish the moment, I guess, is the best way to say it. Uh, just depending on the, the, the structure you're fishing, or the tules, or mats, or, or whatever, you gotta. I had about five frog rods tied up, ready to go, with different stuff on them, and you just grab a different rod and and see what
5: works.
1: You didn't have much choice to uh, to actually uh, tie on. It had to be a frog, a frog, yep. or a frog. <laughs> You're right. You're now, right. T- now tell me, are you rigged up, uh, uh, the conventional wisdom is that you uh, rig it up with braid, something like 65-pound Specter or something. Were you doing that? Were you tying directly to the frog, or were you using uh, maybe a fluorocarbon leader on it?
2: No, I was tying 60-pound 65 pound test Power Pro directly to the frog with a, a double Palomar knot. Um, it holds up well. I, you know, it's just kind of what I do when I frog fish, and I've never had any problems with it. A, a heavy rod, medium heavy, heavy rod to get them out of the thick stuff, and and a uh, high speed reels are really important. and I use a blue seven to one. So when they eat it, you can, uh, you can take up some line pretty quick, so don't get buried in the in the thick stuff.
1: I know Dean Rojas advocates that double Palomar knot. Why, why do you tie yeah. that, uh, Paul? Uh,
2: you know, I just like the idea of having multiple strands going around the, the eye of the bait. I think it's just adds reinforcement. It's, I just never had a problem with that knot. I pretty much tie the, the Palomar exclusively unless it's a, a punch rig with a snell knot or something like that. But uh, it's always worked out good for me, and I don't have any reason to doubt
1: it. Well, you know, a tournament with 102 boats that doesn't happen by itself. Who are some of the other people that were involved in this event uh, that made it happen for you guys?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked, John, because Justin Lukaitis is a friend of mine. He's been uh, he lived in Lake Havasu for a long time. Now lives in Phoenix. He puts on the event. He puts on all our weekend warrior series here and in Phoenix. Great, great guy. Does an awesome job promoting the tournaments, getting pictures. I mean it. As anglers, we want to see pictures and, you know, even if we don't win or, or anything, we want to see what's going on in the event. Some, uh, outfits, it's hard to kind of get updates on, on where you ended up at the end of the day. But, uh, Justin does a great job of that. I, I really think he's an all around good guy. Anderson Toyota was there to put on dinner for us at the pre-tournament meeting. Coastal sunglasses gave out some sunglasses for, for big fish uh spro obviously with, the, with their baits and their support of the tournament being Rojas for i think probably bring spro in to to get it going on duck and rods gave out a few rods to first out of the money i believe jj and john gibbs supported the the after or the, the weigh-in lunch and and water and all that so it was, it was pretty cool there's a lot of support behind it and it's growing every year uh it's you know, I don't, I don't see a reason we can't get 125, 150 boats next year.
1: So, Well, you know, we talk about Lake Havasu a lot on the show. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were at the uh, the BASS Elite Tournament there just a few weeks ago, and yep. I think every one of the pros were just impressed on how Lake Havasu fished, how beautiful the facilities were. But, again, it always came back to the fishing. They always thought the fishing – was some of the best that they found anywhere on tour, and man, you're lucky enough where you have it there right in your backyard.
2: No, you're you're, you're right, and I, and I don't take it for granted. I love this fishery. We got a great community of fishermen here. I mean, they're all just good friends and, and all-around good guys. I uh, was Marshall on that elite event actually, and and all the elites that I talked to just couldn't believe what a great kind of you know jewel in the desert. A lot of them called it this place. Is, it it sets up to fish multiple. Uh, strength for different guys that want to be deep, deep fishing, cranking, whatever. Uh, it's, it's a great fishery, all the investment the city has put into the Habitat program. Uh, it's, it's just a really strong fishery and, and overall great, great community.
1: Well, I think uh, that uh, just proves itself by the winning weight that you came in. Again, using a, a frog, your winning weight was?
2: 1948. Eight, I
1: believe. <laughs> Nineteen point four eight pounds, and then uh, uh, Pat Spencer, who was from Tucson, fishing by himself, came in second at seventeen
2: ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of frog fish. I don't, you know.
1: Your bet for and fishing frogs. And we only
2: caught probably eight or nine fish all day, maybe maybe ten. I can't remember. We called two or three times, and and that was it. You're just fishing for big bites.
1: All right. Well, Paul Tassie whether it's partner uh, Ross Baker. Congratulations on winning the third annual Spro Frog Open Tournament at Lake Havasu. We hope uh, to be seeing you there again next year. And congratulations on the job well done. And thanks for taking some of your Father's Day to be with us.
2: No, no, I, I appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there.
1: All right, Paul Tassy calling us from Lake Havasu City. Hey, that's it for the first uh, segment of Rod and Reel Radio. You're listening to us on AM540 or at runrealradio.com. Stay tuned. More to come. Wendy Tushar and myself. will be back with Phil Friedman after these messages.
0: we uh-huh.
7: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler h 20
8: I will scent my lure with pride and hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your
0: H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California.
1: This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system balloon fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and one hundred percent biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information.
0: It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Live. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's
9: commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream, and
0: <laughs> That is just absolutely
1: awesome. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Wendy Toshihara is with me tonight as co host. Hey, and Wendy, I just heard from Stan. He sent me a text. He goes, Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm going to be in Cabo this week. Ah, the poor guy. (laughs) What a rough life. I know, I know. Hey, Wendy, I know you just came back from the Bass Pro Shop, but so did our next guest. And let's talk a little bit about what you guys did. It's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? With the host of PFO Radio, the voice himself, Phil Friedman. Phil, how the heck are you? John, happy
10: Father's Day. Good to hear your voice again, Wendy. I just saw you a moment ago, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Really just having a great time. I'm still at Bass Pro Shops, John. I decided to come to you live from uh, sitting here in the big old uh, entrance of the place, and it's such a really comfortable place, and it's loaded with so many great outdoor things to do and things to purchase so you can... Just follow your outdoor activity. It's really a great place, great place to spend Father's Day.:
1: Well give our best regards to Bob Miner and all the people over there. T- tell me though what 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 were you and Wendy doing over there? Wendy why do not you start off? What were, you, were you what were you getting into over there for Father's Day?
3: Well, you know, they, have, uh, they had a special weekend this weekend, and it was amazing to see all the families there during this weekend. And they brought their kids out to go fish at the pond. They had a pond inside, and they had a pond outside that was loaded with fish, and we were able to help the kids catch a catfish or a bluegill.
1: Wow. Hey, and Phil, was the surf up over there so you could give a surf fishing seminar?
10: I <laughs> know, John. We concentrated, as Wendy said, on that. On the cats, Patrick came down from San Jose State for summertime, and he just ended up with his 16th fisher a moment ago. So he was just wailing on him and having a good time. When I say 16th for him, for the kids, of course, he was h- hooking and handing or, or tutoring the kids how to do it. And uh, I'll be honest with you, though, the thing closed at 5, and he was still out there fishing for catfish and releasing them after all the kids had gone home. I'm not supposed to tell anybody that, but he was still out there having a good time.
1: You know your are uh, you're bit when uh, you're supposed to be out of there at five o'clock and uh, you're still fishing, huh?
10: Oh, for sure. No question about it. We both have that in our blood. Uh, the fish bug was one with my other son, Philip, and that's what we did today for Father's Day. My kids uh, came over, and uh, it was about five thirty this morning. We went out surf fish at the dead low, so we didn't expect to catch anything, and we did not. But we had a great time. Went out to breakfast, and then Philip went on to work, and Patrick and I came out here to Bass Pro. And, watched Wendy work so hard and everybody else. And, and there's, you know, uh, there's so many people who are here. Rick Fuentes and his wife Carmen, my wife Ruth, was here. Um, yesterday, Armando Gonzalez and his kids, the VC girls, Vicky and Diana worked so hard. And I know that Wendy could mention Howard and so many other great people, people that came out here and gave it their time. And the, you, you had to drag them away from that pond because they're having so much fun. I mean, that's the, the key to people. In the outdoors, John, they just have it in their blood. They love it. They know how good it is for kids, and they want to impart that to these children. And that's what this weekend was all about. And once again, thanks to Bob Miner and Doug in the fishing department who does such a great job. We had such a really great Father's Day out here this weekend.
1: It sounds great. But, you know, talk about getting bit or getting, getting bit on the bite. What's happening with our local bite over here? Because it still seems to be going along gangbusters.
10: Yeah, it is. It is incredible. When you talk about the size of the yellowtail that are being taken off Long Beach and San Pedro, sometimes they're in there on the horseshoe kelp, which is a little closer, and sometimes they'll wander out to the 150 spot. And guys have to get out there, work hard, and find them, find sonar marks, find birds diving. But, John, I mean, there's very few fish out there uh, under 18 pounds. Some of it getting up to 35 pounds now and some of it even bigger than that it's yeah. really spectacular fishing for yellowtail and while it dips on the weekend it didn't dip that much this weekend and tomorrow on a Monday it's going to come roaring back I can tell you that right now and Tuesday's going to even be better it's going to be a great week to come don't fish that yellowtail guys are saying nothing less than 25 I would say nothing less than 30 get them on a big hook if you can a 30 to 50 oh, even 60 oh, size hook is the way to go and it seems like the bait does have the edge over the iron. So fishing a good hot sardine is the way to go. quarter-half sliding egg sinker seems to work pretty darn well. And there are some yo-yo iron fish. There are some surface iron fishing. Sometimes it's pretty good, but overall it seems like that bait bite has been best of all. And not all that far from this area, which, you know, we're talking 4 to 11 miles off, off the beach here. Just out there, starting to get around Catalina Island on banks like the 209, uh, the 14-mile bank, uh, the 267, those areas are starting to hold copious amounts of yellowfin tuna that are not biting all that well. Right. You tell Patty's holding yellowtail, and you just know that we're sitting on a powder cake now, John, and one of these days it is going to go up. You're going to have bluefin, yellowfin, and all this other stuff on the bite. There's a lot of it around. There's a lot of saners around looking at it, and you get the feeling that it's going to really start to rock here pretty soon.
1: Now what you know I've heard about those saners, uh, Phil, and what's the story on that? Are they uh, a U.S. registered boats that are just looking to wrap something? Because uh, you know I understand that uh, you know they have their quotas, uh, you know, but they've made the quotas on them so low that it's not really economically feasible for them to be out there. So they're probably trying to catch some fish that are real close to home, so they don't have to spend. Uh, Uh, a lot of expense in getting them. What what are you hearing about the Saners?
10: I heard from Don Ashley, who's pretty in tune on all this kind of stuff, that there is a big glut of bluefin tuna, that nobody wants bluefin right now. So those guys are out of the bluefin situation entirely, and they are looking for yellowfin tuna. There's a market, a decent market for yellowfin tuna now, so they are looking for yellowfin tuna. And uh, that's how Donnie explained to me, that there's enough yellowfin around where those boys are starting to try to work that and wrap that, and they're out looking at that on a regular basis, and all impressed with the volume of fish that they're seeing. It seems very, very impressive right now.
1: It's a, it's amazing. Do ever, did we lose Wendy? Who would we lose? You still no, I'm there? still here. All right. Are you still you, there, you, uh, you, uh, Phil? I'm still here, John. Yeah, we must have lost Wendy. You know, isn't it amazing that in June of 2015, we're talking about there being copious amounts a bluefin tuna out there that uh, uh, people just don't want to catch them because uh, they, they already have way too many?
10: Yeah, and, you know, and <laughs> that with the backdrop of being that the bluefin are endangered and there's a problem, and, 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 and you know, these are anecdotal type things. Sometimes they they confuse the issue a little bit, but, yeah, it, it is weird. you you got to think about how strange it is that we're talking about a glut of bluefin tuna in June and all of this yellowfin tuna around and red crab starting to roll up on the beaches, and guys shooting with a spear gun inside of Dana Harbor, a yellowfin tuna, here on June the 11th, I think it was. Uh, there's yeah. all kinds of wild things going on.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that uh, that yellowfin that was in Dana Harbor. I don't know if that found its way in there or not, but uh, whatever the case was, there were uh, some YouTube videos of actually one of the fishermen spearfishing a yellowfin tuna from the dock there at Dana
6: Harbor.
10: Yeah, I saw that video. It looked legit, even though it's an illegal activity, shooting a fish while you're standing on a dock with a spear gun is an illegal activity. But it looked legit, and I ran the video myself on uh, pfomedia.com just because it was such an unusual thing. And it, it, yeah, it was pretty good editing if they, uh, if they uh, jerk, uh, jacked that around a little bit. But it looked legit, and it just kind of punctuates and It's another exclamation point on what a crazy year this is. And, and we're a long way from over. This year is going to keep going and going and going. It really looks like it's going to be crazy with yellowfin tuna. I'm sure we're going to see Wahoo and Dorado all over the place. It should be really a fascinating year to watch.
1: You know, Leave it to the uh, uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife to write a reg regarding whether or not you can spearfish yellowfin tuna from a boat dock in uh, 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 Dana Point Harbor. Uh, There's probably something written about it, but who knows whether it's legal or not. Yeah, I
10: think, I think the reg is that you're not allowed to shoot a fin fish unless you're in the water swimming. If, you're, if you have a spear gun, you're not allowed to shoot a fin fish unless you're in the water swimming. I believe that is the law, and that's why it's a violation of that law.
1: I understand. Okay, so I, to our listeners, if you're standing on the boat dock and you see yellow fin, blue fin go by, uh, make sure you get a rod and reel out. Don't get your spear gun out. Is that uh, the advice <laughs> we're giving?
10: I think so. Yeah, you don't you don't want to pull your spear gun out unless you're uh uh unless you're in the water, I guess. Yeah. So that's good advice.
1: Hey, now, how about up north, uh, Phil? I've noticed uh, uh some of the landings were reporting that they actually had some squid up there. Have you heard anything about that? And how is fishing up, up north?
10: Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because definitely worth talking about cisco, sword fishing and ice Not only do they have live squid, they're turning that into some good sea bass catches. At times I would be if, if somebody wants to catch a sea bass, get your calendar out, find out when the full moon is, and start booking about three days before the full till about three days after the next full up there at Cisco's, and you are going to be in the ball game to catch a sea bass. There's been great catches on the Mirage. Uh, the Ranger 85 had a great hit the other day. There's been some big yellow hits. Also Aloha Spirit with over 50 yellowtail. He also had Sean Stewart is a great guy, great skipper, really good friend of mine. He had a good hit on the on the sea bass. There's been some big halibut up there. And, of course, you know, you always have back in that of the best rock fishing just about anywhere up there. So that bite is on. They have the candy bait on a regular basis now, plenty of live squid. And, of course, not only do they have that squid as bait, that squid just being in the environment is a magnet for all those game fish we just talked about and many, many more. So things are really looking vibrant up there. And I think you're going to see some awfully good sea bass fishing on the next full moon.
1: Boy. You know, uh, over this past weekend, uh, I was privileged, privileged enough to do the dealer parking lot show at uh, Squid Go on Saturday. had a lot of great people come on over. want to thank John and Joy for putting on a great event. But what it did is it gave us a chance to talk to a lot of the private boaters about what was happening in our local waters. And, and Phil, just I think it was uh, on Thursday, one of the private boaters went on out and this side of the nine-mile bank, probably about five miles out, he got into a, a school of yellowfin, and they picked up one yellowfin that was 60 pounds, and they got spooled by a couple of others, and it, it was the most incredible thing. And we're talking about something that's just uh, you know, three or four miles off uh, the tanks at Point Loma. So yeah, as you're saying, some of those big tankers are coming in now.
10: Yeah, John, and and the point that you're making is so well taken. The size of a lot of the fish that we're seeing this year, it's not only that we're seeing all these odd things like yellowfin tuna in June, so close to Point Loma and moving up into the L.A. Orange County area. It's the size of the fish that's so impressive. Those bluefin, as you know, we've seen fish up pushing 200 pounds in our local waters. These yellowfin, 40 to 60 pounds and bigger. I mean, when this light switch goes on this year, it's going to really be awesome because not only are we going to see a lot of fish, we are going to see big fish. And, you know, I, when you hear a 100 yellowtail on a boat, you, you have to stop and ask that question. How big are they? And when you hear 100 yellows like you hear on the Enterprise out of Marina Sport Fishing in Long Beach or something, and they're 18- to 30-pound fish, you know that they are going through a lot of fish. You know that they're busting off a lot of fish. You know everybody's gear is not up to par for that great a fish, and it just makes that bite even that more special. And you're going to hear and see a lot of that this year. There's some of these kelp patty yellows are small, so you get a hundred of those. It's you know it's a decent catch, but it's not as impressive as when you have that big fish. And you're referring now to these bigger yellowfin, these bigger bluefin. Man, it's just really, really special. I mean, it's the kind of fishing people pay thousands of dollars to do on multi-day trips. And you literally can go out on the half-day boat, Southern Cal out of Pierpoint Landing, or the half-day boat, Monte Carlo out of 22nd Street, and catch Cedro or Guadalupe-grade YTs right now. Big old fort. Unbelievable.
1: You know, Phil, and to emphasize the point that we've been saying here, the thing that's the key to it, I know here at Angler's Arsenal, uh, the retail tackle store, on Friday and Saturday, We ran out of 40 and 50-pound mono that you would normally think you'd be putting on trolling rods. These guys were putting it on their bait casters. And I can't remember a time I've ever run out of 40 and 50-pound mono for guys putting it on bait casters. So, Wendy, I'm going to be giving you a call on Monday. I need more line.
3: Well, you know what? It's funny that you should mention that because, you know, last week we did run out of 40-pound, but... With our scheduling, we had more 40 pounds delivered on Monday, so we've got plenty, and um, I'll stop by probably this week or give me a call, and we'll place that order for you before we run out again.
1: Hey, Phil, before we jump off the line, uh, how's the best way to get a hold of what's happening with you at uh, Phil Friedman Outdoors, uh, the radio broadcast, and the schedule of trips? You've got to have some trips coming up now that summer is here.
10: We do, John. Go to www.pfomedia.com for all the very latest, or you can go to PFO on Facebook. And of course, our Spanish language radio shows airing Friday nights. will be Saturdays again and Sundays. will be three days here very, very soon. And you can get all that information. You can listen to the show on AM 690, but you can go to Aventuras Aladdi Libre on Facebook for all that information and so much more. And we've got trips we're posting and just having a great time. What a year! And I'm so pl- happy that I'm part of it with you, John, on Rod and Real Radio, my friend.
1: Phil, thank you so much. It's great having you. You have a fantastic Father's Day, and we look forward to speaking to you next week.
10: John, Wendy, take great care. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there.
1: Hey, thanks again, Phil Friedman. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodrealradio.com Wendy Toshihara is with me tonight. I'm your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy. Coming up next... Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. We got to take a commercial break right now. We'll be back right after these messages.
6: Tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now.
1: This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rocklease Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rocklease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio on this first day of summer, this Father's Day. We hope you're out there celebrating it with your dad or thinking of your dad and thanking him because he's probably the guy that introduced you to this great sport of fishing. And I want to thank my dad personally, too. And I know all of you out there, I hope you're spending some great time with your father's And yeah, now it's time for the Southern California inshore report. And the Southern California inshore report is brought to you by the Rockleys Fish Release System. And with us now is the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. But Captain James, before you start talking, our guest at 6 o'clock has snuck in the door. It's a guy that you know. He wants to say hello to you and be part of this conversation. Say hello to Robert Schneider from Phoenix Baits. Robert. Hey. Hey,
11: James. How are you doing? Great, Robert. How you been, buddy? I've ah, been great. Just got uh, got back from uh, Ensenada, and uh, we did a little trip down there. So how's it up here in San Diego?
12: Well, it's it's not Ensenada, but it's pretty close to it. <laughs> <laughs>
11: Captain James, Literally. you know, I
1: tried to get aboard with you this week, and you were jam-packed. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the fishing opportunities that are available, not only in our local bays, But you actually went and cleaned the boat off and got a chance to do some freshwater fishing, too.
12: You know, it's been great, John. We've been able to just get out there and get going. The lakes, I mean, if you're patient enough with topwater, chase some of these breaking fish, great. If not, all you got to do is drop the trolling motor, run the bank, uh, throw your frog or other favorite weedless-type topwater baits. I like flukes. Uh, Those are working pretty good. The little swimming senkos and, uh, you know, those little tenacious baits, those run pretty good through the weeds. Our lakes are really weeding up really well. So guys who love throwing frogs over the mat are just having a ball.
1: You know, I don't think about that tenacious bait when fishing freshwater. You're the guy, though, that kind of, you know, gave me a clue like, hey, John, you're missing out on something. Seems like I have a few tenacious baits over here in the shop. And you've been going out there fishing through that grass in the freshwater, using that thing and, and finding it to be an effective lure.
12: It's pretty good, John. We got to work on, I think, a little four and a half inch and sexy shad on a quarter ounce. I think that's that's going to be dangerous. So, I mean, we'll talk about that in secret, though. We won't. We won't. Oh, are not going to let anybody know about here. that,
1: James. Okay, yeah. Not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good. But you know, I also noticed though that you've been fishing in the bay, and we talked a little bit with uh, Phil Friedman earlier that uh, just in the the immediate uh, outside of the bay and the offshore area. There's some great fishing. Uh, uh, can you give us any hint on what's happening out there?
12: Well, I could tell you one thing. What you don't want to do is take that Cedros uh, wrap iron that uh, the Phoenix Banks uh, don't, don't throw that on any any <laughs> of those fish out there.
5: <laughs>
12: Unless you've got better than 40-pound tight-on.
1: <laughs> you know, I ran into Rich Whitaker. He was at the... Um, uh, the parking lot sale at Squidgo that uh, we were at on Saturday, and he went through. He was showing those to people, and I've got a feeling that uh, the guy sitting next to me is uh, really happy that's an idea he came up with. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert, he, uh, James just talked about the uh, the the Sadris Island squid. Well, tell us about that thing.
11: Yeah, well, we've got it a. Uh about a six and a half uh, inch surface iron. Um, we got them wrapped. It's a it's a process where they uh, it's, a, it's like a cloth wrap that gets baked onto it, so it's super hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got them in four colors. We've got your your basic green mackerel, uh, sardine, a red squid, and a uh, purple squid. And we, they're just great. I mean, you, you throw them out and you reel them back in. They kick. They're just wonderful. Um, We've got both the uh, surface iron and uh, uh, the same colors for yo-yo irons as well, and they're just kicking butt on the yellowtails right now.
1: Right, hey, Jim, have you have you found that? And how you have you been fishing that lure in the same way? You know, yeah,
12: and exactly. And and Robert can tell you too that I mean, not only are we doing well on the yellowtail, but I have I have had guys doing really good on those lingcod, on the on the little squid, and even uh, vermilion. And uh, we've been getting a few sand bass on them on the on the yo yo iron, and it's basically, I mean, we're just dropping it down and just, you know, you crank it about five ten cranks off the bottom, super fast, and let it drop back down again. And those bottom fish are just going nuts. And of course, nobody's fishing bottom fish right now. I mean, I can't blame them when you got you know bluefin within short range and yellowtail that are getting in the way of the bluefin. I mean, you've got so much pelagic activity. I can't blame anybody for not catching bottom fish. But the bottom fish are so eager and aggressive right now, it's, it's really
1: ridiculous. Yeah. Now, when you say you're bottom fishing, are you uh, out towards the uh, the front of the bay, or have you been fishing into the back bay? Has it been working? Where have the fish been biting?
5: You know, most mostly it's uh, when I'm talking like
12: rockfish, groundfish-type species, uh, the stuff that most people like to, like to hit in the off-season. Uh, we've been getting them pretty much shallow water, and a lot of times, we're even catching them when we're really targeting the sand bass and the calicos. Uh, right now, both of which are uh, the sand bass, calicos are are getting into spawning aggregations. And if you get uh, get a cloud of them on your graph, you're going to catch them. And uh, those those hard baits, you know, no offense, John, but I'd really rather throw the hard baits on them than the soft baits. But
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, I like
12: throwing the Western plastics too, especially the squid. But but uh, Somebody made them so that we'd have to replace them a lot. So, <laughs> well, you know,
1: Robert likes to sell you one bait. <laughs> I like to sell you a handful. You know, and then we, <laughs> you know, it, you know, as I've always said, if all we had to do was make them in black, I'd be happier than a pig with his feet in the trough. But unfortunately, fishermen out there, they have all their own colors, and the next thing you know, uh, we've got 61 standard colors, and God only knows how many. Uh, 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 standard colors that guys come in and order. But you know what? That's what they have confidence in. That's what they want to go out and fish, and we're happy to accommodate them. You know, tell me, uh, have you found the Pelagic crabs getting in to San Diego Bay the way they've gotten into Mission Bay and some of the other uh, inland waters up north?
5: You know, crazy as it is,
12: no, not really. Uh, it's funny because um, it's almost like you'll see them and you'll see evidence of them outside San Diego Bay, I mean, the fish, are they're obviously eating them, especially all the way even down to I.B. Uh, the fish that we're catching down there are, you know, again, you just see evidence uh, a couple different ways that we can mention on the radio coming out of their throat and uh, other places that I wouldn't mention. But uh, So you're seeing evidence that they're eating them, but um, we're not seeing a lot of them in the water. You know, there's, there's some here and there, but they're definitely not washing up in the bay. If you go down to Mission Bay and Dana Landing, I mean, it's just it's just red all over the ramp. I mean, it, it's red everywhere on the beaches, ski beach even, you know, and uh, all the way back into South Shore's. But you don't see that much in San Diego Bay, hardly any at all. Um, and it's just weird, you know. And and again, you go off go off the coast, and they're all over La Jolla. You can just see them on the beaches and freaking people out. But you go down uh, San Diego area, and you don't hardly see any down there.
1: Well, you know, you talk about Robert's uh, a jig, which is sort of like a a, a red squid that's kind of uh, imitating something red, and obviously we have a, a lot of red baits. If you're throwing, oh, Robert, that looks delicious. Robert just uh, took one out of his uh, his box. That is crazy. Holy Christopher! Hey, we'll talk about that in the next segment, yeah, Robert.
11: <laughs> but you mentioned it. I can not well, help myself.
12: Well, you know, that that was our, uh, um, I don't know what he showed, but I can tell you that was our hot bait the other day down in IB was we took a three-quarter and a one-ounce football, Phoenix football jig. It's just a, looks like your, your regular freshwater bass jig. And we were putting on that little red crawl, that little Western Classic red crawl on it, and we were using the brown and orange jig and putting that red claw on it and dropping that on those spawning aggregations. Wow. And man, it was just, they were eating it like crazy. Those You wouldn't even hit bottom. You know, you would just drop it down. That's where I think the three quarter was actually working even better because it had a slower fall rate in that 85 foot of water. And we're just watching it fall, watching it fall. All of a sudden it just either stopped or it jumped. And boom, you knew you had a fish. And it was just awesome.
1: Captain Jim, I know we're uh, a little. Uh... Earlier, like we were talking in uh, uh, May and April, that uh, that bite off of Imperial Beach, had kind of slacked off a little bit. Did you find that it turned on again?
12: You know, it, yeah, uh, yes, and I think what's happening, John, is, you know, and of course now we're saying it on the radio and I'll mention it on Facebook and stuff, so we might see a few more boats down there. But uh, <laughs> it hasn't been crowded, you know, and I, again, I don't blame anybody. when you could go out to the Whistler or go a little bit further than that, and get into Yellowtail and Bonita and then go a little bit further than that and find your tuna. So I can't blame anybody for not going after these types of fish, and I think that's why you're just not hearing about it is because there's not a lot of people doing it.
1: Right. You know, I've had a lot of people coming into the shop wanting to rig up with halibut rigs. Uh, uh, You know, uh, we've had some word that there's a pretty good halibut bite out there. Have uh, you had a chance to uh, catch any of those fish? And if so, uh, how's the best way to do it, Captain Jim?
12: You know, that's a good question, John. Most of our halibut anymore are pretty incidental. I only get a few guys asking to really target halibut every once in a while. Um, but the best way that still that I have found is to uh, use that big drop shot. We'll use that 20-pound test with a 4-odd hook on there. And a lot of times that rainbow trout uh, jerk shad that you've got it's really good, that big 7-inch jerk shad and rainbow trout one of my favorite uh sexy smells or anything but some white on it is good uh, and uh just use that on 20 pound tests with a two ounce weight on the bottom a little tor- torpedo dolphin type weight on there and that that's just such a killer rig for halibut and of course you'll catch vermilion you'll catch sand bass, other things on it too but um that's just such a killer rig
1: you know we we talk about using the rainbow trout even in the swim baits is Matter of fact, when I was over at Squidco for the parking lot sale, we were introducing the Mean Sardine over there. Had some done in Rainbow Trout, and uh, you know the guys would be picking up and, and looking at the more conventional uh, lures like the, the Halloween colors and the Scared Squid and and all these things. And they look at that Rainbow Trout and they go, "Oh no, that's just freshwater lure." And you got to go, you know. You know, I don't know what it looks like when it gets down, uh, you know, to uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet or whatever it is. All I know is, is that lure gets bit about as well as any other lure in the package.
12: It, it does, you know. And what's funny is, 20 years ago, Richard Reiner over at Lakeside Bait and Tackle, uh, young Richard, he, yeah. he taught me about the how that rainbow trout works. He showed that to me and. And I've been throwing it ever since. And then Robert could tell you what he's done as far as rainbow trout and calicos uh, throwing a big Optima bait. Wasn't that an Optima you were throwing, Robert?
11: No, it was got one that. of the old LA sliders in the trout.
12: Oh, yeah. LA slider. That's right. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> you're not supposed sure <laughs> to
11: tell people to throw trout in the ocean, James. It's just <laughs> no, it's no. You're,
12: yeah, you're not. Well, you know, if you think about, it, if you look at a tom pod or a cleanfish, I mean, they're kind of they're kind of that iridescent white rainbow trout color. So I don't know. Wow. Go figure.
1: Well, <laughs> Captain James, I I know this has been a busy June for you, and uh, you know it looks like uh, there's going to be no letting up come the end of June and beginning of July, but if people want to get a hold of you, find out what's happening, get some information, how's the best way to go about doing it?
12: Well, they can always check out the website, it's dfishicon.com, and I do... You know, update pictures on it so you can see what we've been catching lately, and uh, you could also get my phone number off that or from here six one nine three nine five zero seven nine nine.
1: You know, Captain James, since we're in the longer daylight time of the year right now, in fact, today, if I'm not mistaken, is the longest day of the year. Uh, is it a good time to come in and book half day trips because you really do get a good half day trip and I know that you offer them, and uh, a lot of people don't, but you can uh, do a half-day trip in the morning and still get in a a great day of fishing, and then someone else, if they can't make it into the morning, they can book in the afternoon and still get a great day of fishing in the afternoon.
12: You know, absolutely, John, especially if we're turning back and doing the same thing. I kind of consider it kind of like pre-fishing. So sometimes that afternoon trip, we're a little bit more educated, and we'll go back to whatever the hot spot was from the morning and get back on it as soon as we can, and, and that works out pretty good sometimes. And other times, you know, we've got to start all over, and first hour, we're looking for new fish, but, uh, it, you know, six hours is six hours, and it's it's always a good trip, whether we go morning or afternoon, especially in tidal waters. During that six hours, that water's going to move one way or the other sometimes.
1: Well, you know, a nice thing about fishing San Diego Bear Mission Bay, it isn't like you have to travel a long way in order to get to the fishing ground. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people think they're getting there's money's worth so they want to travel five miles in order to get to the fishing ground when you, all you have to do is drop the trolling motor and you're right in the middle of it.
12: Most of the time, yeah, exactly.
1: All right. <laughs> hey, Captain James Nelson, we want to wish you a very happy Father's Day and your family and everything. We want to thank you for giving up some of your Sunday to be with us. We look forward to talking to you during the week and hearing... Your report next Sunday night on Rod and Real Radio. Thanks a
11: lot, buddy.
12: Hey, always a pleasure, John. Happy Father's Day to you. Robert, happy Father's Day to you, buddy. And uh, all the other dads out there, happy Father's Day.
11: Right back at you, James. Thank you.
1: All right. And to all our listeners out there, too, we also want to wish you a happy Father's Day. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio on AM540. Or you can listen to us live at com. If you missed any of the show or any of the past shows, just go to RodreelRadio.com. hit the archive button, and you're right there. Pick the date you want, or pick the guest you want to listen to, and you can go right to that. Hey, my next guest in the next hour is going to be Robert Schneider from Phoenix Bates. And Phoenix Bates has been around for a long time. We're going to talk a little bit about how Robert got involved in this, what the heck he was thinking about <laughs> when that happened. And we're going to talk about some of the new products he has. So stay tuned. More to come from Phoenix Bates. So you're listening to Ron Real Radio. We got to take a break right now. We'll be right back after
0: these messages. Good job
7: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
4: My Angler H2O. I will never use that
0: Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization? But you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419 or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com there you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
8: Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford.
1: Hey, we do want to walk you back to Rod and Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy, and with me is Wendy Toshihara. And Wendy, have you met our next guest, uh, Robert Schneider?
11: Hello, Robert. Hey, Wendy. Long time no see. Yeah. <laughs> we, used to, we used to fish against each other in the, uh, the saltwater baths. Uh, tournament.
1: You know, that Wendy pops up everywhere. I, I know. mean, anywhere you want to get a line wet, there's Wendy. You're yeah. fishing against her. I know. She's usually, usually beating me, too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Robert, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But hey, let's talk about first of all, you're just back from a fishing trip. You uh, uh, went down with a lawman himself, Bill Hockstad, who goes down and fishes Ensenada. He's a calico bass freak. Uh, he's probably got you know every spot there is to fish down there he
11: probably knows a uh, number of the fish by their first name tell us how was your trip down there uh, it was an awesome trip he really really has that whole thing wired down okay so um, so we we, uh, we meet up Friday night and we uh, we head across the border and he's got it all worked out on what on what paperwork that he needs to, to cross there and they and, uh, we get our FM visas for free and then we, we, he gets the boat x-rayed now. You have to take the boat through a big old x-ray machine. They, uh, Jimmy, wow. um, that's just the way it is. I mean, they're tightening up the, the border there. But, I mean, we were through that in, in half hour. I mean, it was, he just has this word. Everything's in order. You know, we just, we just go. And, uh, so we drive down there. We, uh, up at, uh, a little place called Papagayos. Yes. And, uh. Then we go out and we have dinner, and he knows exactly where to eat. I mean, he does this all the time. You know, which restaurant to go to, which one to stay away from. Uh, it's it just awesome. Um, the only the only bad thing, I hope he's listening right now because I'm going to hassle him just a little bit. But uh, he... Uh, he had us get up at four o'clock because he wanted to get to launch ramp at five, so we could get out there on the water and maybe at the island about five thirty.
1: Now you're launching at Ensenada or are you launching at the Corral?
11: We're launching uh, launching at uh, at the Corral, I guess it is. Yeah. Ensenada. We're launching in Ensenada. Yep. and the launch ramp doesn't open till six. <laughs> so um, you okay. know, hey. We could have slept in an hour. Uh,
1: we could have had a nice yeah. breakfast or something, something
11: like that. Something, So no. we're, we're, we're there for an hour before the launch ramp opens, just waiting. But then we get out there, and so we fished uh, uh, Toto Santos, and we fished the uh, the mainland point that sticks out there. I forgot the name of it. And, uh, that's the one. Yeah. And uh, we did we did better on the outside of, uh, of the mainland part than we did on the uh, – at the island, strangely enough. But, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about going to Ensenada is that if one place isn't biting, you go and you try the other. And so we did both. Um, Lawman there was, a, again, the uh, the head honcho. He's a vacuum. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and he loved throwing those hard baits. Um, I caught most of my fish on soft baits, but uh, he uh, he just he put a whipping on. He had a uh, back-to-back cast. He had a... An 8.7, and then he had a, a 7.6 right after that. Still and, a nice uh, fish. Oh, yeah, they're they're nice fish. I mean, we got, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 fish the, uh, the first day. Most of them in the 4 to 5 pound range. A couple smaller, a couple bigger. Um, but we just, you know, we it was awesome.
1: And uh, did, did the fishing stay good the whole day, or did you find it... It'd be okay in the morning and then slack off a little bit and you had to go do something else. And then you'd come back and revisit it a little bit later on in the afternoon and found out it was on again?
11: Um, it would mostly a morning bite. And then in the afternoon we went over to try the island. And like I said, the island wasn't working so well that day uh, on, on Saturday. So whether it was the island itself or it was the time of day, I'm not sure. You know, I'd have to put a few more days in there to see what the consistency was. Um, I think it was more of a morning bite. You know, we had some nice cloud cover. The temperature was in the 70s. Um,
1: well, tell us a little bit about the technique. I don't want to give you, I don't want you to give away any of Lawman's secrets. But in the past, I found Lawman to be the most generous person when it comes to information about how to fish and spread the word on how to catch uh, calico bats and share that information with people. Sometimes he could be a little critical about it because. He's taken a lot of time to be very exacting on what he does. And, you know, up in the bow of the boat, he likes that. I, I've likened him to Captain Ahab on there because he could be in that bow of the boat and you look up there and we're in the white water and everything's bouncing around and he's sitting there whipping that hard bait into that white water and catching fish.
11: Yeah, he likes those larger hard baits and, and I'm learning. Um, I started throwing some more of the hard baits this time, because the last few trips I've been out with him, he just put a whooping on me. Uh, so I backed off some of the plastics that I was always throwing, and uh, I started throwing some of those hard baits, too. Uh, but, yeah, that's it. I mean, And he'll share just about anything with anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've thrown the, these bigger hard baits. Uh, some of them are Rapalas, about the 6 or 8-inch size. Yes, I like mean, jerk we're not,
1: baits? Uh, yeah,
11: we're not talking small little... You know, no. Lucky Crafts that are four inches long that you use for freshwater bass fishing. We're talking, you know, large ones, six to eight inches long, uh, double treble hooks, a small bill. And, yeah, we're whipping them into the, into the whitewater. I mean, his his big thing, he keeps telling everybody, if you see foam, that's their home. You know, <laughs> so you got to throw it into the foam. you got to be close. So, you know, this isn't something you're ever going to be able to do on a party boat. But no. if you got a friend with their own boat or you've got your own boat yourself... You can get in there. You can get close. you got to be careful. got to watch for those waves. Watch for those rogue waves. Don't get you know too close where you're going to tip a boat over or something. But you can maneuver a boat close enough to make some nice cast into those boiler rocks and into the foam. And and, and that's where those big guys live.
1: You know, and the nice thing about Bill, he, he, he does not throw a $19 bait, and he's not going to throw it into the foam like you say. He's going to go to Bass Pro Shop, or he's going to go to his local tackle store, and if they have hard jerk baits that are in the colors that he likes, and it looks like it'll get the depth that he likes, and they're $4, he'll pick up a bunch of them because, you know, he can make that bait work.
11: Yeah, he's not, he's not into nam, name brand. I mean, it's, it's right size, right color, and he'll make it work. Okay,
1: know. now, you were fishing there. You were catching fish. Tell us a little bit about the setup. Uh, uh, Rod, you were fishing, line test, uh lure weights, and then and then the type, uh, type of plastics you were using. I,
11: I was using an 8-foot heavy action rod. Um, I like to use the, the 50 or the 65-pound braid most of the time. Um, Bill, law man there, he, he's more of a 20 or 25-pest mono guy. He's old school, so I'm telling you, both work. You know, I was catching fish. He was catching fish. We had another guy out with us, Kevin. He was catching fish. Um, so the, I think the key was to have... A heavy action rod. You need something that when you catch a, a four or five-pound calico, they fight. you got to oh, yeah. be able to turn that head. So, um, you know, 20, 25-pound test or, or the 50-pound braid if you like. If, you, uh, if you're if you into rocks, you got to be careful with the braid because rocks will screw up braid pretty good. But uh, if you're in the kelp, then the braid comes in handy because it'll, it'll slice through that braid for you, uh, slice through the kelp for you. Were
1: you trying directly uh, uh, to... The lure with the braid, or were you using a fluorocarbon uh, leader on that?
11: I, uh, if I'm fishing rocks, I like to use a fluorocarbon leader. But if I'm fishing right in the kelp, then I'm going to tie directly to the to the to the lure because um, yeah, I like the the uh, the resistance to the rocks that my fluorocarbon will give you. But uh, I really like how the braid will cut through the uh, the kelp. Um, and so, you know, when you're fishing for calico bass, it's, it's a combination of both those two things. Sometimes you're throwing in the kelp, and sometimes you're throwing against the rocks.
1: Now, when you're fishing along uh, uh, La Bufadora there and go around to Two Sisters and then go on to Ototosanis, is that water pretty clear? Is it uh, uh, stained a little bit or what?
11: Uh, it kind of depends upon where you're at along there. Most of it is pretty clear, but there were some, some places, I mean, we just looked at it and went, this is a nice shade of green. You know, this looks like calico bath, and and it did. It held calico bath and some of that stainier green water. I mean, not dirty, not brown. Um, but we also cut a lot of them in the cleaner stuff, where a you know, where you get the the uh, the boiler rocks.
1: You know, I know the guys that <clears throat> fish the Nuga Jetty out here off San Diego Bay. They like to get it right in the rocks as close as they can. And I think the type of fishing that you're talking, that Bill's doing, you're not talking about fishing the bottom. You're talking about Fishing right into the, the surge and, and the boiler rocks because for some reason that's where those big fish are feeding.
11: Yeah, it is, and uh, you know you don't want something that sinks really quick in that because you are going to get hung up in the rocks. So you know a lot of the hard baits are you know shallower divers, five feet, ten feet. Some of called like surface divers. Um, you know if you're throwing a a, a weedless kelp head with a plastic on it then you know you're going to as soon as you cast it out there you're going to want to start reeling you don't want this to hit the ground you're not going for for sand bass you're not going for you know things that are living on the bottom you're going for the calico bass and they're you know kind of a mid depth waiting for something to to hit that rock or whatever and stun it probably so then it's an easy prey for them to grab it and, and eat it yeah
1: and you found out there did you, did you get hassled by any boats or anything like that when
11: out there or? no we went there was I mean, there's plenty of other boats there. We weren't hassled by anybody. You know, we never had our, our fishing licenses checked or, you know, our visas checked or any of that kind of stuff. It was it was easy. The, the wait coming back across the border was an hour and a half. Um, it was a truly enjoyable trip. You know, if, if you plan ahead and you do all the things you need to do, there is no problem going down to Mexico and and fishing down there.
1: That's great. Now, now you didn't run into any incidental yellowtail or anything else like that because sometimes when you're crossing – the Ensenada Harbor over there, which you're cutting across trying to get over to Totasanas or even uh, San Miguel Reef there, uh, uh, sometimes you see some pooling fish. Uh, anything like that happen to you? We,
11: we saw a couple of uh, schooling fish there. One time we think they, they might have been uh, Bonita. Um, there may have been some yellowtail. We saw a number of other boats out there that were, were definitely targeting yellowtail. But, you know
1: you, you no. know the
11: law man he's got a one-track <laughs> mind man he, he he doesn't care about yellowtail he, all he cares about is calico bass
1: well he will you know if the calicos aren't aren't biting though he'll go after sand bass or something else as long as he's catching fish did did, did you go after any other species
11: yeah he's actually in a, a little tournament with the san diego bass anglers i guess it's a tournament that goes all month long okay and you weigh in your your, uh, your top calico bass, top sand bass, and top botted bay bass. And I guess they get like five points for each species that they have as well. And so uh, the second half of the day, we went uh, we went targeting sand bass, which was real unusual to me to see, uh, see Bill look at <laughs> the sand bass. More, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, fishing the bottom, that's right. But he can do it when he needs to and when he wants to. Um, but obviously his love is calico bass. He, he finally did manage to to get his sand bass, uh, something around four pounds or whatever for his uh, for his monthly tournament here that they're having with the uh, San Diego anglers. Right.
1: Hey, we're uh, we're listening to Robert Schneider. He just came back from a uh, fishing trip with the lawman Bill Hockstad fishing some calicos down uh, towards Santa uh, Todos Santos, La Bufadora, that area down there. Uh, but uh, you know. I want to get in a little bit about you now, Robert. Uh, Phoenix Lores. it's been a lore company that's been around for a long time. I don't know if it was a branch off of, of, of Phoenix Rods at one time or anything else like that, but tell us a little bit about the history of when you got into Phoenix and, and how that came about.
11: Sure. Uh, about four years ago, uh, I found myself out of teaching, and I was doing a little bit of subbing. I was looking for something else to do. I, I just really needed a break. Um, you know, the kids after a while can drive you a little bit crazy. Um, but uh, And uh, Phoenix Lure and Bait Company uh, became available. Um, so my father and I, we purchased it. Uh, by then, you know, I, I, call it Phoenix Lure and Bay Company. It, it had been for, for people who've been in the industry for a while. At one time it was Phoenix Rod and Bay Company. Right. But that split apart about 12 years ago. So it had been its own little company for quite some time. And, uh, so, you know, I, I'd always loved fishing. I really liked the, uh, the pro line jigs for the, uh, the freshwater bass. I like to say I, I like the jig so much about the company, like the old razor commercial. <laughs> um,
1: well, the Proline jigs and the Proline spinnerbaits, those were awful good products for their time.
11: They they are, and uh, in fact, we're bringing back the Proline spinnerbaits uh, this year. Uh, actually, the Proline buzzbaits too. Okay. Um, but we've also got uh, you know some new stuff in the work. Um, we've got a a, a double buzzbait uh, that we're going to brand with Phoenix that should be out here in the next month or so. Uh, we also do saltwater products, as you know, as, as James has mentioned. We've got uh, the weedless kelp head, and we've got uh, irons now that we actually do as well. Uh, something I've been wanting to add to the uh, the Phoenix line for probably about the last three years, I wanted to do some more stuff with saltwater fishing. I mean, I, I grew up in San Diego. I grew up in Mira Mesa. I like fishing. I know we can do both freshwater fishing and saltwater fishing. You know, it's, it's a half-hour drive, hour drive to do whatever you want if you live in this great Southern California area.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I knew the former owners of uh, uh, Phoenix Baits, and, and obviously they made the ProLine Series, which were great series. They, they were freshwater fishermen. But, you know, we, we were finding out in the, in the late 70s and early 80s that a lot of those baits, they were what we call transition baits, and you could use those jigs and spinner baits here in our uh, local waters like Mission Bay, san diego bay i think it was 1979 i took george kramer out and my monarch in mission bay and we did a whole article on transition baits using spinner baits and jigs and and uh, pork frogs and and worms and everything like that showing how we could catch bay bass with this and i i think that's probably where where the transition started that you found out that there's a lot of these baits that they can go both ways and you, you just have to be a little open-minded about it.
11: Yeah. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys out there have said for years on the freshwater side, you know, when they start talking about large mouth or small mouth or spotted bass, uh, that, you know, a bass of the bass. Well, you know, that translates right into the saltwater community as well. You know, the, the same lures you're using for freshwater bass, you can use for saltwater bass.
1: Hey, uh, You're listening to Rod Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Wendy Toshihara is with me tonight. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. We've got Robert Schneider from Phoenix Baits. We're talking about the Phoenix Bait Company. Some of the uh, older baits that uh, are being reprived and uh, some of the newer baits coming along. I still want to know about that jig that Robert's got over there sitting there in front of him. So we're going to ask Robert to stay for another segment. Hope you're listening. Hope you're enjoying what you're hearing. Hope you're having a great Father's Day. This is Rod Real Radio. we got to take a break right now, but we'll be right back
6: after these messages.
7: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
4: This is Captain James Nelson. As a full-time fishing guide in San Diego, I am not only able to show my guests a memorable time on our waters, but my clients get to fish the same quality gear I choose to use – whether pulling on drag-screaming bonefish in San Diego Bay, huge largemouth bass from our local lakes, or the feisty calico bass and Yellowtail in our local kelp beds, I choose Cousins Fishing Rods to fit my needs. Quality fishing rods from Cousins Tackle keep me doing what I love to do. Take this from a dude that fishes for a living. Whether you fish saltwater or freshwater, bass or tuna, Cousins Tackle handcrafts their all-USA-made fishing rods with you, the angler, in mind. Check out their full line of high quality fishing rods at CousinsTackle.com or call me, Captain James Nelson, at 619 619- three395 799 for my personal recommendations
1: captain Chris Randall from chief sports fishing and captain Chris tell us about what's happening on the chief now that the tuna season is upon us
9: it's here and it's time to go on the chief for those that are not familiar with the vessel she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length we're also available for private group charters the chief's onboard anemities include a fully remodeled galley with Comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional, courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at That's 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were.
1: Welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy, and Wendy Toshar, who's with us tonight. Our special guest with us tonight is Robert Schneider from Fishing Lures and Robert was telling me, Robert, you uh, you do a little work on another radio show, and you were just telling me that, oh, that, that, was, uh, that you was like a while the hours back. at Rod Real Radio better?
11: Yeah, <laughs> uh, about a year ago or so, I was on another show with the late uh, Ronnie Kovac. I was uh, doing work with him for about uh, about a year, and you know his show was on from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., so <laughs> that was a long drive from Temecula to get into uh, to that station down there in Anaheim. For a show that started at 5 a.m., I, I like your 5 p.m., to 7 p.m. Much nicer time slot. Well, I mean. thank
1: you very much. We we kind of enjoy it too, you know, uh, <laughs> because you know what? Wendy is out there fishing so much. If I if I had the show at 5 a.m., I'd never have Wendy on because you know she'd be out there fishing with Merritt.
3: Well, and not only that. At, at 5 p.m., I could still be on the water, and as long as I'm close to the coast and have a signal, I can get on the air.
11: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was actually one of the the downfalls, you know, with the other show too, with uh, you know really cut in. I couldn't fish tournaments anymore, you know, and be on the radio show at the same time because most of our tournaments are Saturday morning type of gigs.
1: Yeah. That you're right, it's happening all the time, and and we've had the opportunity to go to other time slots, and Big Tuna Bill, who started Rod Real Radio, really really liked, uh, you know, the the 4 o'clock, the 5 o'clock time slot, having a couple hours, and it seemed to work out pretty well, even though sometimes we want to take a little vacation, like Stan, and go to Cabo San Lucas, (laughs) like Stan, you know. uh
11: (laughs) No, this is a great time slot. Um, You know, I was thinking about it, you know, for the last week or so while we had talked about coming in. And I was like, you know, this is a great time for people to, you can you can tell them about how fishing was this weekend, and they can plan their trip for next weekend. They still have time to go to the tackle store, get what they need. There's still time to, to book a, a trip on a boat. Um, this is just a great thing. I mean, when and we've had, you know, we fished, some of us, fished either Saturday or Sunday or something, and that gives you something to talk about, too.
1: Well, just like our first guest uh, that we had uh uh, Paul Tazion from uh, Lake Havasu, he just won that tournament 24 hours ago. And uh, that was something we wouldn't have been able to do if it weren't for the fact that we were on late at night. So, And we appreciate our listening audience listening, too, because I know there's a lot of other things you can be doing. And you're getting the barbecues, uh, you know, you know, churned up and everything else like that. So we always appreciate you. I know there's a whole group of, of listeners in uh, Carlsbad that they, they get around the fire ring. And this time of the year, the, they get their favorite liquid refreshment, put their feet up on the fire ring, and listen to the Rod Reel radio. So uh, we appreciate you guys out there, too. Hey, Wendy, uh, Robert was telling me, though, that he has a, uh, a special thank you that he wants to give you. And, Robert, you want to take Oh, yeah. Part?
11: You know, it, I wanted to really point out, you know, we we're talking about how you overlap a lot of stuff with fresh water and salt water. You know, line works in both, you know, um, and, and that's the thing. You know, a lot of the equipment that I use for calico bass fishing is the same stuff I use for largemouth bass fishing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those people out there that, you know, if they're, they're using the Iser line, don't be afraid. Take it out in the ocean. Or vice versa. If you've been out there fishing on the party boats using your Iser line, take it back out and, and fish, you know, Hodges or, you know, the Delta or whatever. It,
3: it, you know, it's so funny you say that because when I go to, and do trade shows out in other states, People ask me, is this saltwater or freshwater (laughs) line?
5: Yeah.
3: (laughs) You know, and, and, you know, the monofilaments and the spectra, you know, you can put them in either freshwater or saltwater. Way back when, when Russ Iser came out with Kevlar line, before he came out with the spider wire and spectra, he um, used Kevlar and, and the saltwater would eat it up and disintegrate it. So <laughs> but that was the only time but you know all the lines now today can go in both fresh and salt water. And you know you're right Robert as far as um your lures are um are concerned as far as fresh or salt water, you know, I used to always say a bass is a bass or you know you can use um your freshwater gear whether it's rods and reels um if you if it's the reels you want to you know spray them down and treat them but you know as far as the lures go you can use whatever you use in freshwater and salt water. I mean even plastic worms
1: They'll, they'll bite it. And, you know, Wendy, uh, tell me, you know, Iser uh, makes uh, the triple X, they make the platinum, they make the first string. Is there, that there seem to be a preference that fishermen have of one line for freshwater as opposed to another line for saltwater, or is it more based on the application?
3: Well, um, you know, the reason why we came out with triple X is because everybody was, you know, um, complaining about memory in fishing line, and so um, the new owner of Ithiline, um, Steve Ichinokuchi, came out with a line that had less memory and was particularly made towards spinning for spinning reels. And we only came out with it in two, four, six, and eight pounds. Well, it turned out to be stronger on a straight break, and now we make it into, uh, up to a hundred pounds. But wow. it's it's great for you know um, for people who are using spinning reels. Because they don't get that memory. But if you want something and you're fishing offshore and you're fishing way down in Mexico and you know and you're using you have rocks or you have you know you're fishing a rocky area or something where you need more abrasion resistance, then I would go with a harder line like the platinum or the first string. So yeah. you have to know the characteristics of your line and, and adjust that way.
1: You know, and we don't see it out here as much as the East Coast, but I'm finding that we are selling more and more larger spinning uh, reels again as the spinning reels get, you know, really good. They're not old Mitchells anymore. A lot of them are pretty sophisticated. But you go back to the East Coast and you find, you know, the Quantum Cabos, you find the Van Stahls, you find uh, them using, you know, the expensive uh, Stellas and everything else like that. And fishing with a spinning reel back on the east coast and the southeast is way bigger than it's here on the coast, and they need a good line for doing that. And it sounds like that triple X line of yours just fits in really fine. You know, you're right.
3: And, um, and again, you know, I can, I can tell you, like, my 15-pound test, it mics out at 15 thousandths in diameter, it breaks the triple x breaks at 26 27 pounds wow you know it, it it's it's strong stuff and it's made for everything
1: so if you're looking you can even tie it, down
3: your furniture in a hurricane
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well not only that the deal is is if you're looking if you look, have a smaller reel but you're looking for capacity you can put that 15 pound on there instead of let's say the 20 and you can feel reasonably assured that if you get yourself a nice fish on, you're going to be able to bring it in with that line.
3: You know, that's right. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, why don't you guys make a 17-pound test? Well, my 15 breaks at 27. Why would you need 17? You've got a smaller diameter, and you're going to get bit more.
1: Right. Hey, uh, you know, let's get back to you, Robert. Uh, Now, you've been showing me this, uh, uh, this iron, and this is a... This is kind of a a deviation from what uh, I've always thought about Phoenix baits. I've thought about wired, hooked, skirted types of things. And now all of a sudden you have this iron. Tell me about the evolution uh, of this iron, sir.
11: Well, um, you know, it kind of goes back uh, to my saltwater days. And uh, you don't catch everything on live bait. You know, irons are good. I like to cast. I don't, I get bored. I hate the dropper loop. So I want something I can cast. So, you know, if it's either going to be live bait or it's going to be an iron or it's going to be a plug or something like that. And, you know, I, I've got this fishing lure company, and I kind of like using the things that we make.
5: Sure. And if
11: we don't make it, then my head starts spinning around and thinking, hmm, how can I start making that? Because, you know, I've, I've got my own little ideas on how to make this bigger or better or, you know, whatever. Um, what happened with this particular iron, this is called a Cedros iron. And uh, it's actually the brainchild of Rich Whitaker, who you mentioned you mentioned yeah. on sa- you met on Saturday at the uh, at the Father's Day uh, sale. And he started wrapping these jigs, but only on one side. And uh, you know, I've got a few of those here too to look at. So Rich uh, Rich was looking for somebody to to kind of partner up with and do some stuff with because he likes doing the the wraps and that sort of thing. And he wants to uh, you know find somebody to handle the bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff. So we started down that road, and uh, he had also uh, done some marketing work with some folks overseas, and that's where the Seedroze Irons came from. Um, to make a long story short, Rich is, is kind of moved on. He's just going to do the, the one-sided things. So he, he may eventually evolve to a two-sided thing, but he's can to kind of keep that in-house. And the other ones, the Seedroze Irons, which were made offshore, he's kind of turned that over to me. And uh, so now I'm handling that part of it, and uh, they're, they're just awesome. I mean, I, I kind of look at his bait wraps. The generation one and the in the Cedrus iron to generation two. It's a tremendously hard finish. Um, we've got people who have caught four, five, six wahoo's on these things, and you can barely feel the scratches on it. You know, with it with a painted jig, the paint would be gone by then. Sure. Um, so you know, I, when we have this out to the show, I'll I'll drop the thing on the concrete or on the blacktop and say. <laughs> You, you, now, tell me where it's scratched, you know, because you, so, you so can yeah.
3: So, is it the same wrap that Rich was doing, or is this a different process?
11: These wraps were developed by Rich. The uh, the bait wrap was kind of like one that they put on the bass boats and the cars and that kind of stuff. Um, and then he, what he does is he, uh, he puts it in a hardener, and, you know, I don't want to tell too much about it. It's, it's right. The secret's there. Right, uh, right. Those are the, the bait wraps. The Cedros irons are a baked-on finish. It's kind of like a cloth finish oh, okay. that gets wrapped all the way around, 360 degrees all the way around the lure, and then it gets baked on. And uh, then they got shipped over here, and, and we put the rings and the hooks on them. Neat.
1: Uh, well, tell us about the patterns, because you've got a couple here. you got, you got one that I, looks like it's going to get bit all the time. That is a uh, like a red squid pattern. And one of the things that that you can see on it is that not only on the rounded side of the jig down by the hook is there a big simulated eyeball, but you turn around on the flat side, and there's that eyeball again. And I can see what you're saying by uh, uh, wrapping it on both sides.
11: Yeah, if you're trying to match the hatch, as we say on the freshwater side, um, there's nothing better than these wrapped, uh, I mean it is, it's a picture of a, a squid and it's been wrapped around it. We've got a purple squid, we've got a red squid, we've got a white mackerel. I, I particularly like the white mackerel, it's a little bit kind of your bluish white, you know how we always said you need a blue and white yeah. or mint, the green is kind of a mint color in there. There's also a, a little bit of a purple hue if you, if you hold it up to the light right on that one. And then we've got a, uh, a sardine color, which is a picture of a sardine. Uh, you know, wrapped around an, an iron for that. Uh, if you're looking to see these pictures, you can either find them on our Facebook page, Phoenix Baits, or you can find them on our website, phoenixbaits.com. Uh, remember, that's P-H-E-N-I-X. There's no O in Phoenix.
1: Now, here's the deal, you know, and Richwoods ma- and is still making great yes. baits. And Rich is constantly looking for something to wrap. And I swear he's going to be wrapping the world here soon because he's doing now. He's I see him doing. Helmets, and he's doing, trying to do boats, and trying to figure out how to do cars, and next thing you know, he's going to be wrapping buildings and everything else like that as that evolves. But the thing about his lures is that we're, they were not available through dealers. You had to go to Rich direct because it was extremely labor-intensive. Uh, you're going a different direction now with these lures.
11: Yeah, we're we're able to, to mass-produce them a little bit more. We're going to dealers. Hopefully, we'll get them into your store here in the near future. Um, We've got them at a number of tackle stores. You can buy them on our website. Um, Rich is also wrapping some stuff for us. We have some of our own designs, our own Phoenix Senior, uh, and we are using Rich to wrap those and trying to stock up on them a little bit so that, you know, when somebody wants it, they can get it right away and they don't have to wait two weeks or three weeks for Rich to get caught up because he is busy. He's slammed. He's he's, yeah, he can't keep up with it.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Robert Schneider, Phoenix Bates, if people want to find out more about what you handle, because as you say, the dealers can't handle everything you have. Find out how they can get some of the merchandise, call their dealer, you know, to see if they can get it from you or whatever it is. How's the best way to go about doing it?
11: Uh, the best way to reach us is at phoenixbates.com That's P-H-E-N-I-X Bates with an s.com. Got a full service website there and a store. Uh, we've also got a number of Facebook pages, Phoenix Bates, C. Joe's Lewis, Pro because we got you know, we got a few varieties of things going on there at the shop. So we got a number of, of uh, Facebook pages with that.
1: Well, Robert Schneider, I know if you were uh, fishing with the Bill Hoxad, the lawman for two days, you've been rode hard and put away wet because that bill is really intense when it comes to his fishing, but
11: oh my I want
1: to thank you so much for stopping by the shop here to be with us. I know you got to make it on home. Still Father's Day for you, too, and we just thank you for doing that and spending some time with us.
11: I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much.
1: All right, Robert Schneider, Phoenix Bates. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, You've got uh, Woody Toshahara. I'm Hopalong. John Cassidy. This is Rod Real Radio on and AM540, and if we can make the connection... We're going to be speaking with the new owner-operator of Relentless Fishing. Stay tuned. Let's find out what's happening there. More to come.
4: Just call 1 800 Bass Boat. Call 1 800 227 7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1 800 Bass Boat. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1 800 Bass Boat, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1 800BassBoat.com.
8: My angler H2O. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate Talk Like a Pirate Day. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket.
11: What's your H2O?
3: Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California.
6: It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet. The 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 is the open party boat at H&M Landing in San Diego and has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs, soda fountain, ice maker, and satellite phone. The huge U-bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144
1: At Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Wendy Toshihara is with me tonight. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Hey, and you know what? We always like l- introducing our listeners to some of the new boats or the new owners that have come aboard. A lot of these boats, you know, they're not new, but uh uh, they've been uh, retrofitted, and they are state-of-the-art boats right now. And We've got one of the guys on that has been around the fleet for a long time, but now he's a new owner-operator of Relentless Sports Fishing, Captain Mickey Franchek. And, Captain Mickey, welcome to Rod and Real Radio, sir. Hey, good afternoon,
5: John. It's actually Mikey, but that's uh, pretty close there. Mickey, you got, it, you got it close, but it's Mikey, Mikey.
1: All right. Hey, you yeah. know... Tell me, you know, before we I, – I really want to know about the Relentless because it, it's been a boat that was around and all of a sudden it wasn't, and here it is back again. But, you know, can you give us <laughs> an update on, on the, uh, the the local conditions right now, Mickey? Uh, well,
5: local conditions are shaping up pretty good. You know, we've been at local yellowtail all year all through the winter and of the spring. A lot of that fish is actually up north right now, up off Huntington and Long Beach. But uh, good presence of local yellowtail still. And uh, gosh darn, the guys are seeing quite a bit of local tuna fish as well. Uh, it's just got such a plethora of its own bait. It has been hard to get get to cooperate. But uh, as soon as that light switch gets turned on, it looks to be pretty good here locally. As the guys are just seeing a ridiculous amount okay. of that bluefin and yellowfin, and in particular that bluefin is very good quality fish. So I'm just looking forward to uh, the end of the month here and transitioning into July. And uh, I think as soon as this stuff starts biting, it's going to be very, very busy for us down here.
1: Well, Mickey, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself now. You know, a lot of people remember you. I think it was from the Aztec, but your history with the sports fishing fleet goes way before that.
5: Well, you know, I started working for Tom Ebner in the Aztec when he bought the boat, brought it down to the seaport, okay. and refitted it. Uh, I ran the boat for him for just about six years, ran the operation, really got, uh, you know, my, uh, my feet in the water there, so to speak, and then uh, was definitely looking for... Uh, rig to kind of just throw the charter out really, really fine to the to where it can handle light load charters and, and ultra limited load uh, open party stuff. And uh, that, the the or as it was originally built as the original Shogun, uh, certainly that boat is really set up nice with the staterooms. You know, we have five free berth staterooms, so we have 18 stateroom backs as well as six open berths and the V-berthing. And uh, really the whole layout from deck allocation to the galley to the bunk accommodations is really set up to be ideal for, i I'd 12 to 18 guys. And uh, that's really what I'm looking for as far as an executive charter boat and a, a limited load open party boat. You know, probably limiting most of our trips to about 18 guys. And, uh, I mean, it's a 60-footer. It's just a heck of a lot of boat for, for 20 guys. Um, and I really think there's a niche in the fleet for, uh, for a light load boat like that. So that's, that's, that's why we kind of jumped at it. It was uh, an excellent opportunity. It's a heck of a nice boat, and uh, it sure, sure killed a lot of fish over the years.
1: Oh. well, you know, I had the opportunity uh to go on the uh uh the boat when uh, uh Captain Chuck Calf had it. I think that, that was the seeker, wasn't it?
5: Yes sir, yes sir, yeah, it was uh gun. And then uh Bobby Calf had it had it for a long time. Very successful charter operation as the top gun. Yeah. Uh and then Joel Ralston had it as a relentless, Chuck had it as a seeker, and uh, it's currently back to being the relentless. So just make okay. you know sure I'm not carrying on where everybody's left off It's... Uh, it's a heck of a good boat. It's done a lot of people right, and I'm uh, very excited to get the ball rolling on it.
3: And you picked a great time because, you know, with our season, the way it's headed, or, you know, still going, you know, y- you should be running every day. Yeah, like I said, we're, uh, we're just finishing up a little bit of
5: work to it, and then uh, as soon as this stuff starts brightening, I'd say probably, uh you know, tail end of this month, early July, it's going to get very busy for us. And our charters really kick in start in July. We'll fish year round, you know, especially weekends we fish everything from from Rock Cod down to the beach to San Clemente Islands. Uh, you know, it's the cool thing about a charter boat is you can really fine tune any trip to any group in any situation. You could definitely uh take advantage of a lot of a lot of opportunities in our fishery that as an open party boat you might not be able to to take advantage of. You know, like we're fishing year round, we're fishing all kinds of different options you know, pertaining to the to the group that we're carrying. So it's it's as <laughs> uh as a fisherman, you know, definitely, uh, definitely up to it definitely opens the doors. It just, just keeps you busy year round. What's the
3: longest trip that you guys will be ta- will be going on?
5: Oh, uh, we will do three days. Uh, for the most part, that two and a half has really become a real popular trip for our group. Two full days of fishing, and return on the third day. Um, so that, that has been real popular. We will do three days. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it's one day, day and a half, two days, and two and a half should be the bulk of our charter calendar. And then certainly uh, in the winter and spring, even in the fall, we do fish a little local stuff as well, three-quarter days. And it should have been good, good local fishing the last year, you know, good, good local yellowtail. I mean, God, the guys have been fishing uh, fishing local tuna on three-quarter day trips, so you get in the right cycle, you know. You, you can do a lot with those local trips.
1: Hey, we're speaking with Captain uh, Mike uh, Franchek. Uh, he's the new owner-operator of the uh, Relentless, uh, formerly the Seeker, and as you said, has a rich gener- uh, a tradition here in San Diego. I had an opportunity to fish on the Seeker on its maiden voyage out with Captain Chuck Taft. And i got to tell you, Mike, I was impressed with that boat. I mean, plenty of room on it, uh, plenty of room between the um, uh, the railing and uh, the main uh, cabin. Uh, a lot of room for rods. uh Great uh, uh, bait well. You can hold a lot of bait. I think it's got a big slammer in it, too, if I'm not mistaken. And, boy, uh, no problem getting up there and getting a fresh bait. It it There's a lot of things that it does and comfortable inside the galley.
5: Yeah, it's really laid out nice, particularly, I'd say, on deck as far as its deck allocation and deck space. It's, uh, it's a 60-footer. Uh, we will take 20 people. Um, and even at that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of boat for 20 guys, especially on deck, especially on deck where, you know, a lot of times it counts. There's a lot of, lot of room up the rail, nice bow of fish, plenty of room corner to corner, so that was definitely one of the selling points of the boat is it's just laid out so nice, and, uh, it feels, uh, not that it's a small boat, but it feels bigger than it is, that's for sure.
1: Oh, uh, it, it does, and it runs nicely. We, uh, we went on over to, uh, San Clemente Island on a Yellowtail trip, and, that turned out to be okay but i was when the yellowtail were sh- were first busting and we got in some real sloppy water and that that boat handled it extremely well and we wound up catching a lot of fish it's an awful fishy boat
5: yeah, It fish is nice I've, uh, I've very much enjoyed that so far you know the weekend trips you've been doing the boat fishes really well it's uh, like i said it's uh it's treated treated a lot of different areas right, and it's uh, it's killed a lot of fish over the years. So we're just looking on carrying
1: that on. It's got a rich tradition for sure. Now, now tell me, it's going to be not only a charter boat. Let me get this right, but then also mm-hmm. is it going to be a limited load, open charters, uh, uh, yes, open fishing? Absolutely. I mean, it's uh,
5: it's a charter boat first. You know, like I said, it's just nice going from uh, the large capacity party boat like the Aztec. Uh which we had a good following on and it's nice taking that and going the charter out because you can just you can really fine tune, you know, different trips and just just customize things in a way that you can't always do necessarily open party. And then aside from that still in uh from the gaps, we will definitely be doing limited load open party duration and H&M landing. Um and again it's, it's a real nice niche. I'd say uh probably most of our limited load trips will be eighteen guys or so. Uh oh, that's definitely. kinda what I want that's kinda how I wanna set it up That's so sweet. You know, they get clientele, they know the boat, they know the crew, they know they're going to be fishing with less than 20 guys, and uh, I think there's definitely a, a, a very good avenue to go that route as long as you can
1: present them with the right product. And, you know, you're still running out of H&M Landing, which is uh, really convenient. Uh, I guess if people want to find out what your schedule is, what you're doing, uh, how's the best way to go and uh, do that, uh, Mike?
5: Uh, right now, the best way to do that is through the Landing website. The Landing does have a new website. Um, the best way to see our open party schedule uh, and then even to get questions, especially while I'm on the water about charters and, and what our availability is, is, is through the landing. Um, one of the best ways to do this is through the website, hnnlanding.com. H&M they can always call the landing at uh, 619-222-224, I believe, uh, 1144. And then if uh, they want to give me a call anytime, it might be on the water. They can leave me a message, and that's uh, 619-818-5664. Website will be up, but for right now, you know, I just want to get operational, get underway, and uh, take advantage of uh, conditions the way they line up to be a heck of a good season. So it probably won't be a website up this year. Best way to get all hold of it is through the landing.
1: Well, you and, know, uh,
5: I... any, any, any open party scheduling will be through the landing as well.
1: I know you had a rich tradition on the Aztec and... You know the Aztec is going on, and still fishing will. But <clears throat> well, but now being the owner and operator of your own sports fishing vessel, it's got to be really exciting for you and your wife, and and to get going. And especially as uh, uh, Wendy said, what a great season you have to look forward to here. Oh yeah, that's just it. You know,
5: I mean, I would do it regardless. It's just uh, it's what I've done all my life, it's what I love, and. Uh, I always wanted to pick the right boat, and uh, on top of that, you know, if, if your timing's right, you can capitalize on good fishing. That's just, uh, that just makes it that much more enjoyable
1: right off the bat, you know. All right, and again, if we want to find out more about Relentless, and, you know, especially to let people know the Relentless is there again, it's out of H&M Landing, how's the best way to do that, uh, Mike? Like
5: I said, right now, um, getting started, the best way to do that is through the landing. You know, we operate through the landing anyway. The landing, uh the great landing. It, it, it's got a great office. They're very supportive of us, and likewise, they're supportive of them. All open the party stuff will be through the landing, and a good way to get a hold of what's going on will be through the landing as well. And then uh, if somebody wanted to uh, talk to uh, specific charters or availability or just want to talk fishing, they can give me a call as well. Uh, once again, at 619 818 5664 and uh in the future probably towards the end of the year we'll have a website as well but right now you know it's uh it's all through the landing and uh i really you know there's no, there's no uh there's no issue there you know the landing's uh landing pretty sharp and uh a lot of good boats and uh i'm sure uh you know 99.9 percent of uh, southern california fishermen are familiar with h&m
1: all right captain mike uh franchek from relentless sports fishing get a hold of him at h&m landing Six one nine two two one one four four. You know, it's the uh, the Seeker. It's uh, it was the Seeker. Beautiful boat. It's now the Relentless again. Captain Mike, I know uh, you gave up uh, some of your Father's Day to be with us. We appreciate you taking the time, and we look forward to seeing you on the water. You got it, John.
5: It's been a pleasure. I definitely mm-hmm. want to wish a happy Father's Day to all the fathers around listening, and uh, especially the ones deployed overseas. So thank you for your service. And happy Father's Day to
1: all. Thank you very much, Captain Mike. Hey, well, Wendy, that's it. Uh, you know, thank you for going over there to Bass Pro Shops and helping a lot of fathers and and their kids, uh, introducing them to fishing and, and having great fun out there. Congratulations on that.
3: Well, thank you. And uh, for all of our listeners, happy Father's Day and take a kid fishing.
1: All right. Hey, and on behalf of Stan and Wendy, we do want to wish you all a great Father's Day. We want to thank you all very much for listening tonight. I know you had a lot of the other options, but we appreciate you listening to Rod and Real Radio. We appreciate our guests being with us, too, because they gave up some of their Father's Day to be with us to bring you some of the best information in fishing. So on behalf of JR, our producer of the show in the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, who's our local producer here, that helps me put everything together. If it wasn't for Ben... Boy, would I really sound a lot terrible than I really do. And then always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill, the guy that started this whole thing, we want to wish you a great week of fishing. Stay safe. Go out there and get them because it's only going to be getting better. Don't wait for those fish counts before you book. Book your trip now when you can go because I've got to tell you, if you wait to everything busts loose, you're going to be left on the dock. So on behalf of everyone tonight, you have a great Father's Day. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now.